You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1119. As an entrepreneur, what I have realized is every business is run the same. It just so happens that you have a different product or service you sell. And so, you know, we, we go into everything with, you know, our org chart. You've got your visionary, your integrator, you've got each department. There's three main departments in every single business. There's sales, marketing, and operations, right? And what I have realized over time running a lot of these is that number one, marketing is the most important thing above all. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Brent Daniels, and this is going to absolutely blow your mind. There are four personality types, okay? There's analyticals, there's amiables, there's expressives, and there are drivers. Drivers are the people that go out to win. Drivers are the people that are burning the candles at not just both ends, but like 15 different ends and going all over the place. And they are going to, no matter what, win the game. I've got a quadruple driver on the podcast today. His name is Ryan Panetta. I'm sure you've heard of him. If you haven't, you have to check out his YouTube channel. You have to check out his Instagram. You have to check out his podcast and his TikTok. Ryan, welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. How are you? Brent, I'm happy to be on, dude. Thanks for having me. Seven seven-figure businesses. You have seven seven-figure businesses. We'll get into that, Ryan. But before we do, what was your first business? What did you start out as, as an entrepreneur? And then we'll get into the whole real estate side of things. Yeah. So I guess my first job ever was I was a professional baseball player. So I got drafted by the Oakland A's in 2010. So I never uh, wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to just be a baseball player. And I guess that's kind of like being an entrepreneur, right? You're, you're just taking care of yourself, being the best you can be. You are the business. So yeah, that's what I was focused on. Unfortunately, I was not good enough. Um, I've spent many years in the minor leagues, eight seasons in professional baseball, making 1200 bucks a month. And yeah, it wasn't uh, the glory that a lot of people think. So I had to become an entrepreneur by force because I had to go make money in the off season to survive. So, you know, my first real entrepreneurial endeavor that made money was through flipping couches. And it's funny looking back at it now because it was just something I did to make money. Um, but once I started making content about it a few years ago, it became like this massive thing that, you know, people just started doing nationwide and it became this like uh, movement. So, I'm kind of like the godfather of a of a side hustle, which is kind of cool. That's awesome. How, and then what what did you transition to? After doing that for a couple of years, I stumbled upon house flipping. And this was back in 2015. I realized like, oh dang, I could actually flip houses and make money. Mind you, I forgot to I forgot to mention this. In 2010, I became a realtor. And I guess that could have been defined as entrepreneurial, but I sucked at it. So I don't even care to mention it. I, I probably sold more houses in three years or people sell more houses than I did in like three years, you know, in their first month. Like I, I sucked at it. You know, I always had this thought in the back of my head that I could flip houses. Mm -hmm. Like I just was always a good deal finder. 
The problem was I didn't have any money. And so I just kind of like didn't do anything with that for five years. I was like, well, if I don't have money, I guess I'll just never flip houses. And sure enough, I came across this website called Bigger Pockets and they started talking about these things called hard money loans mm-hmm. and private money. And I was like, wow, you don't have to get a 30 year FHA or conventional loan to flip a house. This is crazy because I don't have any tax returns or money. This is awesome. And so I ended up calling a bunch of hard money lenders after that. And they're like, yeah, we'll fund you if you get a deal. And I said, okay, cool. So, you know, I go to work and find a deal. I realize I still need 20% down with these guys. And so I max out all my credit cards, both my wife and I's for $50,000. I'd saved up 10 grand at that point. I thought I was rich having 10 grand in the bank. And I max out the credit cards and I'm like, babe, we're going to go buy this flip and we're about to make bank. And we had no idea what we were doing, but what I said ended up working. And that first flip made 25 grand and the rest is history, dude. And how many flips since then? We've done over 500 now. 500 flips. Now, now you are a unique real estate entrepreneur on this podcast because most people start out wholesaling finding the deals, sourcing the deals, using wholesaling as a source, as their ATM, as their funding source to then graduate up into flipping. But you went right into flipping, right? What do you think? Do you yep. think that there do you think that there's a better way there? Do you think that if you knew did you not know about wholesaling or did you know about it you just thought flipping was a better strategy? You know, <laughs> it's hard to remember what I thought because I remember reading the book you know, it was Brandon Turner, who's now a really good friend of mine. It was how to invest with no or low money down. And in the book, I just remember him saying like, Hey, you can find deals from wholesalers and they'll sell you it. They'll find, I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I could buy deals from these guys. But it never occurred to me in my mind that like I could be that guy. I was just like, Oh yeah, I'll buy from them. That's good. So I just don't think it occurred to me to go and be the wholesaler. And maybe it was just greed because even then, like as I started to buy from wholesalers, I was like, well, I don't really want to like market to people and stuff. I'd rather you guys do all the work and I'll just, I'll buy it. And from that, that seems to me way easier. So that's what I did for many years. I think my first, probably like my first hundred deals or so, I maybe wholesaled one property because I didn't want it. I was like, this deal sucks. And this guy's like, I'll buy it. I was like, okay. And that was why I wholesaled it. And then eventually as time went on, I was like, okay, like I should probably diversify and start wholesaling some too. And that's what we did. And wholesale now? Are you wholesaling now? It's ironic because I actually made the shift about four to six months ago before the market slowed down. I went to the team and I said, guys, you know, I want to transition to a predominantly wholesale model. You know, if we've been fixing and flipping, say 90% of our stuff, like forever, how do we switch to wholesaling predominantly? And the reason I, I went to the team and said that was, number one, it's more scalable, right? Like for me to go, we've been doing around 100 deals a year for the last many years. And it's like, man, if I want to go do 200 deals, I mean, I got to go raise twice the capital. You know, these properties are getting more mm-hmm. expensive. I got to go get twice the contractors. And I got to take twice the risk. And at this point in my career... It's not necessarily about maximizing profits anymore, right? Because that was always my thing. I'm like, well, we know how to flip. We might as well just flip it and make double. And 
as as my careers evolved to being more of an entrepreneur than just a real estate investor, I was like, well, it doesn't really make sense anymore to put myself in this big of a risky position that could potentially bring us down. So let's transition more so to wholesale for scale, for risk. And if we do this right, because we're now much better at building sales teams and marketing, I think we could actually make more money too if we just do this. And so we've transitioned to doing that. And you know, with the market turning, it actually ended up being a blessing in disguise because we weren't flipping as many. Like before that happened six months ago, I had 70 active flips. Right now I have like 40, which is still like a crazy amount to most people. But it's it's a transition we're making. I still plan to flip, but maybe be like 80% wholesale and 20% flip. Yeah, I love it. You know, I think it's really important I was doing modeling, right? I was looking at how many deals to to get to net net a million dollars to me personally, and then to two million dollars, and then to three million dollars. And what you realize in this business is you can build a huge, 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 huge team and still make the same amount of money net net bottom line if you keep it real tight and keep it all. You know what I mean? You keep it all and you you just wholesale everything. You keep your cost as low as you can. You really get proactive. You start getting referrals in to get the highest net on all of these deals. And you keep a lot more and it's a lot less headache. I mean, it's a lot less headache. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand that. They're just like, you know what, I'm going to go bananas with everything. And it's just going to, you know, I'm going to make three, four or five times as much. Well, the costs add up. Because I was looking at it, Ryan, we did 1.7 million in gross profit last year. And I looked at the the flips. My disposition manager, Jeremy, looked at all the flip all the deals that we sold and what they made on it. It was like an additional like $3 million. Right. And we're like, oh, we could have this, you know, almost five million dollar business. But then you look at all the costs and all the attention that you have to put towards that. And all of a sudden it just doesn't look as good. So how do you know when you're looking at growing your business and and hiring people and putting people into these positions. Do you have a system? Do you have a plan? Do you have a strategy that you look at to to grow your businesses and make sure that they're still very profitable? Now, are you talking about wholesale and flipping specifically, or are you talking about just a, a, yeah as an entrepreneur? Okay, for one, let me let me say with what you said, totally agree. Right, like there's a lot of extra cost to building a house flipping business compared to just wholesale. Wholesale is like you're not really even a real estate investor; you're just in the sales and marketing yeah, game. It's cash machine. Um, yep. yep, and I like that. I like those mm-hmm. games. Uh, that's a lot of my new businesses. They're just sales and marketing, really. So yeah, I think as an entrepreneur. What I have realized is every business is run the same. It just so happens that you have a different product or service you sell. And so, you know, we, we go into everything with, you know, our org chart. You've got your visionary, your integrator, you've got each department. There's three main departments in every single business there's sales, marketing, and operations, right? And what I have realized over time running a lot of these is that number one, marketing is the most important thing above all. I always say this, the best marketer wins. It's not the best product. It is not the good, the best looking. It is not the, who's the cheapest, who, you know, is going to give you the best deal. It's the best marketer. Because if you can convey your message to the masses and you're top of mind for everyone, you will win, even if you're not as good. And um, I like to think our, our products are also really good, but I know that we sell a lot because I'm top of mind on many things because my marketing is really on point. So, you know, I've I've grown a lot as an entrepreneur focusing on that. 
But, you know, from there, the beauty of marketing is when you get at it, it makes the sales process much easier. You don't have to sell as hard mm -hmm. because your marketing is so good. And then from there, you know, as long as selling becomes easy, then it's just an operations game. And whatever that product or service is, you know, there's going to be operational nuances that you're going to have to figure out. But uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it, it's just understanding those are the three things, getting the right people in the right seats across those three things. And then one, you know, new innovation for us this year was creating our holding company. And so the holding company has an entire C-suite of executives. We've got a COO, CGO, CTO, CRO, you know, like it, we have everything. And CFO too. And, you know, it's like, okay, these people oversee the entire Pineda company. And like no company that's under the umbrella should lack at anything because we know what works across multiple industries. Like we know how to market. We know how to build a sales team. We can figure out why the product may or may not be selling or people aren't responding to the price. We know how to run promotions. We know how to onboard people and all that stuff. And so the holding company's job is to really amplify all of the companies underneath. And for us, as we go into 2023 and beyond, we know, it, and this wasn't apparent to me until, you know, the last couple of years. Like I didn't know I liked starting businesses and like there was no strategic vision of like, I want to own a lot of businesses. It would just so happen like, oh, that's an opportunity. That's pretty mm -hmm. good. Oh, that's a cool opportunity. Let's do that. And I just started to realize I could do it. And now as we go into 2023, we are definitely going to still start some new companies because everything I've ever done has been startup from scratch from zero to seven figures or eight figures. But I'm going to be acquiring a lot of companies in 2023. And so being able to take what we know and having that parent company dialed in is going to make that um, possible. And you know, I think it's going to be a lot easier to scale companies that are already at a million dollars and go get them to five, get them to 10. I mean, big motor, right? I mean... This is seven years removed from you pulling 50K out of credit cards to buy a yeah. flip to make yeah. 25K. You know what I mean? Like when you were in that, when you were just getting started doing your first deal, were you thinking like big term or are you just thinking, you know what, I'm going to just try to flip some houses and make a couple hundred grand and life's going to be good? <laughs> no, yeah. To that point, I was just thinking, dude, I mean, look, every step of the way along my entrepreneur career, I want people to know this. Like I've been very content. I'm never one of those guys who was chasing the dollar. Like when I was flipping couches, I got it up to making eight grand a month and I was rich. I'm like, bro, I'm the richest guy I know amongst my friends. Like I'm chilling. I'm, I'm good living in my uh, 1700 square foot house. It's great. My wife and I will be just happy. I was already planning in my mind, like we'll have our kids here. That's that room. And like, I was thinking we're going to be here for the next five, mm -hmm. 10 years. And, you know, sure enough, I get into house flipping and it starts taking off. You know, I, I made 50 grand the first year, then I made 200 grand the second year. And I was like, dude, I just made 200 grand. This is freaking crazy. And, you know, you see all these younger kids now making six figures when they're 21 years old, right? Yep. 20 years old. And I'm like, these kids are crazy, dude. I was 27 when I first made six figures, you know, and I was totally happy with it. And then, you know, the year after that, I made 750,000. I was like, dude, this is nuts. Like zero marketing, all flips from MLS or wholesalers. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I had no employees. One guy helped me out actually. And I was like, dude, I don't even know what to do. Like I'm literally 
the richest guy ever in my mind. And you know, it just kept scaling and scaling and scaling and more businesses happened. And I can't tell you that like in, in complete honesty that I'm any happier than I was then. I definitely feel more accomplished. I feel more proud sure. of what I've done. But I can't say like I was unhappy then because I was making that versus what I make today. Like, and I don't think five years from now, 10 years from now, if I'm if I'm a billionaire or whatever, like it, it will change how I feel today about that. So I think, you know, being content is something that entrepreneurs like have to battle because we always want to get better and drive, like you said, but you know, do you enjoy where you're at today? Or are you miserable because you're you're not at your goal? Well, that 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 brings me to a point. I watched this great video by your friend uh, Alex Ramosi, and he talked about the wealthiest people have three things in common. One is a big goal, two is insecurity, and three is impulse control to stay on the big goal. Right. And mm, so I, okay. I, I, and I played around with that, Ryan. I was really thinking to myself that insecurity part, right? Does that really drive a lot of people? Does it, does the fear of, of losing it all or not, you know, being it to the point where, you know, you're never going to be enough type of thing. And you're talking about, you need to be content when you're making 50 K if you were making, you know, as you are at 750 K. So how do you do that? I mean, how do you do that? Because money does change things, right? Money does open doors. Money and so does so does attention on you. So does that building a brand. So does building, you know, your social media presence and your YouTube presence and all these things. Not only just for you know all the other businesses, but for real estate as well. So how do you how do you keep that? How do you make sure that you just don't go crazy? You know, to Alex's point, I've heard this saying a lot, and Alex and I we've done a lot of different things together. You know, he spoke at my last mm-hmm. event and he's probably in the top three people that like I look up to like, as like, man, this guy, I can learn a lot from this guy. And it's interesting because I've heard this, this concept of like what kind of fear or insecurity drives you, right? Most people aren't driven by the glory right. of success or the, the riches they're driven by fear. And I, I, I've actually taken these like fear tests before. I don't know if you ever taken one of those. I forget what the website's called, but you know, basically it'll tell you like what fear motivates you. And I took it and it was like 50, it was like 50%, you know, accuracy. So I don't think it was true because most people are like 80% or more like, yeah, this is definitely what motivates you. But I think if I had to guess like what fear I have is that maybe like isolation and like being, I guess, an outcast. Like I like being a known person in my community, somebody who's excellent at what they do, somebody who's respected. Mm -hmm. And all those things definitely do drive me because the moment my character is attacked for something, then like, I'm like, okay, you know, that's, you know, people are going to attack you once you get famous. Right. So it doesn't like, you know, if I know that it's just BS, whatever, I don't care. But like, if I do something that I know like was bad or wrong, that's what scares the crap out of me. But that, that also keeps you accountable. You yeah, know, that, that stature that you want to have, that stature that you've, that you've earned, you don't want to tear it down by being a jackass. That, and you know, you just, it's become more apparent to me than ever. You know, one of my friends, the FBI just like seized a bunch of his money. I'm not going to say his name. And like, he's, uh, he's gonna, he might go to jail. Like, I don't know what's going to happen to him, man. It was like, he's doing some kind of fraud. And I'm like, holy crap, that guy was doing fraud. That's crazy. I would have never known. And then like, I see some of my friends get divorced and other things. And I'm like, dang, dude, they get like, and so that to me, I'm like, dude, 
the embarrassment of like, for me anyways, if I, my wife and I ever got divorced, like it would just be like, that would be the most shameful thing for me above anything else. Right. Or if I went bankrupt or something, I'm like, dude, that's terrible. Like, cause a lot of these things I feel like I can control mm-hmm. and right? yeah. like if it's something I can control with my actions and it just happens, then th- that, that would motivate me not to do those things. Love it. Let's talk about your book. Number one, Amazon wealthy way, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. And been number one in entrepreneurship and small business for the last week. It's been pretty crazy, man. And what, what is it about? So I started this, I don't even know what you would call it. This like philosophy called the wealthy way last year. A lot of people basically asked me what you first asked me on this podcast was like, how do you run all these businesses? Like, how are you still married? <laughs> you know, like, how do you still stay in shape and do all this stuff? And in my mind, I've always just done it. I, I've learned to balance and prioritize and how to set the right goals, how to stay motivated, how to, like I was saying, stay content, but still driven. And I was like, well, maybe I should put it into like an SOP. What does that look like for somebody who wants to live this way? And so I started writing down all these things that are very core to me, these non-negotiable beliefs I have about how to spend your time, how to set your goals, how to take action, how to evaluate risk. You know, how did you max out your credit cards for 50 grand? Weren't you scared? And I'm like, well, if you see risk the way I see risk, then you wouldn't think it was that big of a risk. And so talking about all of these things and then talking about how I hold myself accountable, right? Because like at the end of the day, I don't have an accountability. I don't have some guy checking in with me to make sure I'm doing what I'm doing. I, I am accountable to me. And so how do I do that? Well, I've created planners and different things that I use. Like I don't believe in anyone else's. So I created my own software. You know, the way I set goals is different. And so long story short, I put all this into a course and I, I called it the wealthy way. Because I felt like entrepreneurs are so busy trying to get rich and make more money that it comes at the expense of their health, their family, their faith, their lifestyle. You Mm -hmm. know, they can't even enjoy vacation because they got fires to put out at work all the time. Like they just can't even enjoy the fruits of their labor. And I'm like, dude, that is like, what's the point of being rich? You have no purpose for doing it. Right. And so I felt like wealth represented area, like being truly wealthy in all areas of life. And, um, yeah, I created this course and as I was creating it, I was like, you know what? I just want to give it all for free. Like I I could make another business out of this for sure. I could make a mastermind and all this stuff. And I'm just going to give it for free. So I gave it for free. I built the planner and the software cost six figures. I gave it for free. Then there was no upsells or anything. And we had about 30,000 people download the course like in the first month. Like it was a ridiculous number. And I was like, holy crap, this is nuts. Like people really want this. And so the feedback I got from it was so great. And I was like, wow, okay, like let's turn this course into a book. And so for the past year, we've been turning the course into a book, working with my writing team and everything else. And it's been a long process. And um yeah, the book is now ready. It's coming out December 13th. And I was like, you know what? What do I want to do with this book? What do I want to do with this next phase of The Wealthy Way? I was like, I'm just going to give the book for free. So the cheapest you can sell for is 99 cents on Kindle. So it's 99 cents on Kindle. I created a whole new course called Business Builder Academy because the, the Wealthy Way mindset and philosophy is more focused on you as the individual. 
and what you need to do to live the wealthy yeah. way. The Business Builder Academy is focused on, hey, okay, we're entrepreneurs. How do we build a business the wealthy way? And that's what it's about. And um, I was like, you know what? I'll just give it away for free. So anybody who gets the book will also get the course for free. We've got the podcast. We're building out a mobile app for the wealthy way. <laughs> I'm rebranding my companies with the wealth brand. So like, there's a lot of things happening that I'm super excited. It's about incredible. You know, it's yeah. absolutely incredible. I mean, it's, it's seven years, seven years. I say yeah. this a lot to people that are just starting out doing their first wholesaling deal. I'm like, it's going to take you seven years to become a millionaire, like a real, real millionaire. And I think that people could do it a lot faster. And I think that they can get it done in a couple or maybe even a year, but typically it takes longer than you think. But seven years, I mean, it is amazing what you can accomplish in seven years. And, you know, just, just going from flipping couches to, well, first, what was it? 1200 a week or a month playing baseball? A month, a month playing a month. baseball, eight grand a month flipping couches. Then you went 50K, 200K, 750K, and then it's grown and grown and grown and grown from there. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. I mean, but you have to stay, you got to be really focused. You know what I mean? You got to be really focused on what you're going to be doing every single day. And you're going to be focused on making sure that your priorities are set up. You got to make sure that your attention is where it deserves to be. And I think the wealthy way is a perfect way to like align all of those things with your book and also the business builder Academy. I mean, is that essentially what you're yeah. trying to do for people? Yeah. And I, Honestly, like the reason I love social media too is, you know, yeah, people confront on social media and stuff. But like, if you've watched me the last few years, right? And if you followed me closely, like I show what I'm doing on my Instagram stories, I show exactly like what's going on. And like, it truly is like living the wealthy way. You cannot say, like, I don't do what yep. I say. Right. And so, you know, when I say, Hey, I don't work weekends. Like literally the office is not open. People don't come in. Like I, I don't do it. You see me on vacation. You see me at Bible study. You see me working out. You see me, you know, doing all this stuff. And, you know, I, I want to show people like, look, you said seven years and people always ask me this. They're like, okay, I get where you're at today. Cause you have employees, you have people and everything. Mm -hmm. Right. But what about in the beginning Were you grinding it out, working the weekends and, and doing all this stuff? And I was like, no, I never did it. Like, I'm just telling you, this is the path yep. that has got yep. me here. And they're like, okay. And I'm, I'm saying, guys, as entrepreneurs, we're always building. There's no like time where you're like, hey, you know what? Now it's time to just chill. You're like on to the next level. And so for me, you know, I recently, I, I never like desired to like have a certain net worth or anything, but as, as time has gone on and, and recently just hanging around guys like Grant Cardone and other people who are like billionaires are going to try to be billionaire. Like he really like dug into me on my podcast. He was like, you know, you need to become a billionaire for these reasons, like X, Y, Z. And I was like, you know what? Like, you're right. If I have the ability to do it, if I have the time because I'm young and I have, you know, the head start and I have guys like him showing the way of how to get there and I don't have to go and figure it out. I can just kind of follow this blueprint, then why not? Why wouldn't I try to do that? And the only difference is, you know, I want to show people like, hey, you can get there doing it the wealthy way. For me, I don't have to go there and say, you know what? I'm going to be a billionaire, but I'm going to have to change everything I believe to get there. I'm going to have to really grind it out now the next 10 years to go 
reach the goal. It's like, I don't believe I have to do that. I, I believe I'm actually going to get there really fast doing it this way. And people are going to be like, well, I, we can't deny it now. Like, you know, it's not like this capped level of, oh, well, you can be a millionaire doing mm-hmm. this or a deca millionaire, but you can't be a hundred millionaire or a, a billionaire. And you got to prove it. So time will tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, time will That's tell. That's it. As just a side note, I'm just curious. Real estate investing at this point in your career, what do you like? Are you investing in real estate? Are you just putting it mostly into your own businesses, into your NFTs, like in, into some of these? Or are you still going out? Because you, you, ha- you have a real estate portfolio. Are you still adding to that? Yeah. Are, you, are you buying single family? Are you going commercial? Are you going multifamily? Are you looking at any of that? Talk to me about real estate investing. Yeah, so... I mean, it's it's a weird time right now for buy and hold, right? Because a lot of things aren't penciling out with the interest rates being where they're at. So I would love to buy more rentals if the numbers actually penciled out and the loans would be good. Unfortunately, they just don't pencil out. And so it's like, even if you're to get something that you could burr, that you're still not going to meet the DSCR requirements. And so at least here in Vegas anyways. And so it's like, man, dude, I want to keep these because I, I want the write-offs. I want the appreciation. I don't even care about the cash flow. Like I just want the other benefits because I know it will cash flow in the long run. But we're having trouble penciling them out um, for the banks. But you know, as of today, uh, I own over 550 units. A bunch are, you know, single families. I own. They are Airbnbs. Majority are from my um, fund, Panetta Capital. So you know we. We syndicate, we buy apartment buildings, um, and that's going great. I love real estate investing, so I'll never stop doing that, especially for the tax reasons. I'm always going to need real estate, no matter what. You know, people ask me like, "Why don't you just like? Why do you even still flip houses? What's the point?" Because house flipping represents a small chunk of my income right. now, even though it used to be the breadwinner, and still makes millions and millions of dollars. Like it's still better than 99% of other house flippers or wholesalers, yeah. but. You know, I'm like, hey, if if we can go build this thing to go, let's go get 200 deals a year. Maybe I'll wholesale 120 of them. Maybe I'll flip 40 of them, and maybe I'll keep 40 of them. You know, I think that that's a good balance um, to continue to build the portfolio. We'll continue to raise money for multifamily and commercial. I'm very interested in development. I own land, and development actually excites me the most because of being a creative person yeah. and seeing like. Hey, this is blank. Like, what could we do with this to maximize it and create something cool? So I, I really am interested in that. So yeah, no, I I I totally planned like my vision. This is all I do. Okay. Create businesses, make a bunch of money in those businesses, redeploy it into either real estate or more businesses. That's the plan. There's nothing crazy about Easy it. Easy peasy. Love it. Yeah. Now you talked about no stocks. What's that? <laughs> I said no stocks. I just real estate and businesses. Go. That's all I'm focused on. Uh, you had talked about marketing, marketing being so critically important. Marketing for real estate deals. What's your bread and butter? Well, for the last three years, our bread and butter has been TV commercials. I've spent millions of dollars on TV commercials in the last couple of years. So I love them. Um, Over the years, I mean, it's always varied. We would get deals from the MLS, wholesalers, text messaging, cold calling, PPC, you name it. And we've we've done every form of marketing. But I still love TV commercials for two reasons. One is nobody can compete with us because we've been on TV so long that brand recognition is just there. People 
in Vegas know my face. They've seen it a million times. When they want to sell, they're going to think of me. Two is the leads are just way hotter. I mean, a TV lead is the hottest lead you're going to get. So I like that. And I guess the third reason be it's it's just got such a high barrier to entry. It's super costly. Those those costs per leads are higher than any other lead. But you know when you look at the ROI, it's there. It's easier to scale. We can just turn up the spend. We don't need to actually like hire more cold callers or texters or buy more data. It's just spend more, buy more slots. And so I like it for all those reasons. And like people just, like I said, they can't compete because trying to figure out how to buy ads and create a compelling commercial. And, you know, you got to have a dialed in sales team to handle that kind of spend. It's just like, we know we can just keep doing it and no one else can really do it with us. Love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for being on here. Thank you for spending time with our audience. Thank you for um, being really loud about our business and and really supporting a lot of people in all of your platforms. I mean, you talk about real estate and people listen, and I love that because I think more people need to understand what it really takes to do this business right. And and you've just been phenomenal for the last few years, and it's just incredible. I, we we talked about it before. You know, you came to my office in like two thousand. 18 and you were like, I think I'm going to start my YouTube channel. And now it's just gone absolutely bananas. And it's been wonderful to watch. And I really, really am just excited about uh, what you've got going on in the future and all the other things that you've got uh, the cooking right now. So congratulations on everything. Thank you for being on here. And uh, any final thoughts? Well, dude, I I just want to say, keep inspiring people, man, because you don't know how much hearing what you were doing back then inspired me, right? To hear you know, I, I remember I told you the story on on wholesaling hotline. Like, you know, I still remember your post of like getting twenty thousand YouTube subs and like what a big deal it was. And then I remember you telling me just you know how much money you guys were making from your various businesses. And I was like, holy crap, that's crazy, man! This guy has that many YouTube subs. He's bringing in those dollars. Like, this guy has made it. Like, he's my idol. He's the guy. Like, I want to be like. And no, seriously, like, because I, when I seen things like that, I, I, YouTube wasn't on my radar, like being a guru and, and education wasn't on my radar. Like I didn't want to do any of it. And I, I saw it and it inspired me. And I was like, you know, I should do that. And even with that, like, I didn't do it right away. To your point, I I saw you in 2018. I didn't start making videos until 2020. I was like, that's so cool. But then, you know, seeing yours, seeing other people's, I was like, I got to do this. And because of that, you you kind of paved the way for me, whether you know it or not. So I appreciate you. Well, man. thank you, Ryan. Thanks for being on the podcast. That is it for us, guys. Listen, if you're interested in joining the most proactive community in real estate investing, check out wholesalinginc.com. Wholesalinginc.com. Check out what it's all about. Scroll, check out the incredible people and the incredible testimonials. And it feels good in your gut. Sign up for a call. And that is it. As always, I sign off encouraging you to go out there and talk to people. Love you guys. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.